Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Don, what's going on? A couple things. Um, for, uh, for Aspire EDU, um, continuing to work through um, the process of the SOC 2 preparation and certification and all that, um, as well as we had an issue earlier in the week where we had a little bit of, where we might have had an issue with um, a couple clients blacklisting um, some Netlify um, IP yeah. addresses. Um, we're still digging on that. It, it doesn't seem to be consistent enough for us to feel 100% comfortable. That's the problem. Um, but that's probably a, another topic for another episode. Um, we've, we've talked previously about third parties uh, having to deal with issues from third parties, and this is another one. So um, what's going on with you? Well, about like... The whole idea of blocking a website provider, like a, a host that's domestic that I use for my marketing sites, it's it's odd. Like I understand why organizations would block IP addresses. Well, I, I understand why they would block sites. I don't right. understand why they would block an IP address. It seems too broad. Um, I, I, to me, it, to me, it strikes me as they don't know. They don't know it's being served up from a CDN. Um, it's not occurred to them that, that it could be. And so that they might be blocking more than just that one site they're after. Well, then that, so the question is if Netlify isn't doing anything about it, do I want to use them as a host? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not that any of my clients would be coming from there most likely, but what it like the the biggest concern is that your the hosting provider you use is part of a blacklist scheme or a blacklist yeah. um, scenario. So maybe like, like you go to the you go to the organization and you say, "Hey, you're blocking our provider, Netlify," and they go, "Well, we don't really have anything to do with that. We subscribe to a list, and we can make we can whitelist stuff, but ultimately." Like, we don't manage what's blocked. That's the dangerous part. Like, that's where yeah. Netlify has to step in and take care of that. Otherwise, they're worthless as a service. So I find that to be, as a tech manager, that's those are the kind of things you have to be aware of. Um, I think it's great that you got feedback on it because that tells you a bigger picture of what you need to be concerned with. So... Um, yeah, and, and I think we're, we're going to dig into that a bit more. Uh, we're, we're still, like I said, it's not consistent enough that I'm comfortable. That's a hundred percent the problem. But yeah. We'll, we'll know. We'll know in a little while. Um, in terms of what's going on with me, uh, I kind of uh, have mentioned, I've been working on view across our different podcasts. I'm still liking it, still working on it. Um, I finally started using Cypress for some testing and like I find unit testing, um, component testing to be a real crap show in the front end frameworks. The, there's so many different opinions on what you should test and the libraries are really 
inconsistent with with the feedback you're getting. And there's a lot of mocking and stubbing going on at excessive levels. And it's just not the same ease of testing that I had with Ruby on Rails on the back end and Node on the back end. So sure. Cypress is, I guess, the replacement for Selenium, uses Chrome, really easy to start picking up and learning how to just, you know, test a, uh, an app that you've built. And Vue, the Vue CLI basically sets it up for you. Like, no seriously, no configuration um, did I have to do to get Cypress ready for me to write a test. And I wrote a test in like five minutes. That was the best feeling of the week um, of doing that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, sure. Other stuff, I have actually been talking to a consulting... I've been talking to potential clients as an independent consultant, as I've been doing. I've also been talking to a consulting company um, about a potential role, which started to make me think, like they asked me some questions about uh, what makes a good consultant. And I wasn't expecting that based on this role I'm talking to them about, but it made me think more about what it, what makes a good consultant? Why, what makes someone a good developer versus a good consultant. And then rolling into this hmm. podcast, how do you as a CTO, as a technology leader, if you're going to outsource and hire someone, what are you looking for in that person? Um, what are you looking for in their skills? And how do you interview them? Because most consultants don't have time to go through an interview process like you would put an employee through the ringer kind of thing. Right. So, there's all sorts of criteria. So that's my question to you. Have, have you hired an outside consultant, a temporary role to get something done? And where do you start and where do you, what are you looking for? Okay. So, so I want to make sure that uh, I'm going to define consultant and, and it's just so that we have a common base to, to work from. Sure. Um, for, for a consultant, uh, when, when I hear, hear the term consultant, I hear um, short-term, yep. potentially short-term, um, limited scope, um, focus scope is really the better way to put it. Yeah. Um, probably not hiring them for six months, a year to come in and do work on my application. Yeah. Um, that's a contractor, that, so, so on and so forth. Yeah, they're not, um, yeah, they're not picking up task work as much as bringing in expertise maybe seniority um, to get something done at a probably more expensive level, but in a shorter time. Window. Right. Right. So we've, we've hired a few consultants um, for Aspire EDU from time to time. Uh, we have one we use on a regular basis. We have uh, one gentleman um, that we use and, and I don't mind putting his name and stuff in, in the show notes as well. Um, that we use for Blackboard um, consulting. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, we service Blackboard as, a, as one of the learning management systems, and he's a known Blackboard developer. Um, so we, we hire him to help our system work with Blackboard. Mm -hmm. And also, we kind of, for Blackboard is an enterprise -y 
learning management system. It's yeah. one of those that's a little harder to set up. You know, it, it requires expertise to set up. Canvas is a little looser. You can, you can do it in the cloud, that sort of thing. But yeah. Blackboard's a little harder. So we, we hired him to do that. Um, we hired him to install it. We hired him to educate our developers on how to write to it. So every time Blackboard comes out with a, a, a release update or a way they're changing things, he actually contacts us. He says, hmm. here's something that's changing within Blackboard. Um, let me know if you need anything. So that that's one of the good um, qualities of a consultant. He knows what, what we need his expertise for. He volunteers it. Um, and I don't mean volunteers as in not get paid for it, but he communicates it, right? So yeah. he, he he's involved in that expertise area and he knows when things change and how that affects us. Um, this is a, a three plus, maybe four year relationship um, to where he's where, where he, we hear from him two, three times a year and it works out beautifully for both parties. He, yeah. it, yes, he charges a good rate, but we, uh, we, we use them because we could use that expertise. It helps us make sure we're on top of the changes for that. Um, so, so that's one thing is communication in that area of expertise. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the biggest one is the ability to perform in that expertise. Yeah. Um, and, and the ability, uh, another one would be an ability to stick to schedule. Um, I've got another example, uh, not so positive that I'll, I'll get to in a minute, but what, what are you thinking as far as what are some qualities? Well, out of what you said, um, the key things that popped up was specialist communication delivers and maybe like more expensive, which is, Oh yeah. Was, frankly, I this is a whole other tangent we can go on, but I hire expensive consultants versus cheap ones. And I, oh, yeah. because it all costs something in the end and going cheap can cost you just as much or more, but that's a different subject. The, the other key word, and this is what I want to ask again, or ask to dig in a little, the education part. I've never understood the idea that you would hire a consultant that comes in, does work, and just leaves. I mean, even when I hire a plumber at my house, the ones that I keep calling back teach me about the plumbing in my house. They oh, right. like they talk about it. They like talking about it. And I'm like, this is a person that when something goes wrong, if they all of a sudden shut up, <laughs> then I know there's something like either there's something going on. I want consultants and specialists that will teach me something that will teach my team something. So how does this person do on the education part? Uh, on that side, he does just fine. He, he, um, he doesn't necessarily sit down with our developers. He did at the beginning yeah. to make sure we, we understood. Um, and, but it's more, it's more pointing us to resources, which works just fine. Right. Um, more of, hey, here's a change. Here's how it's going to impact it. Here's the the blog posts that are up for it. Here's some logs that are up for it. That things like that. Um, so so certainly he does a uh, he does what we expect as far as from an education standpoint. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I've 
I mean, there's not much that you said that's different for me. I yeah, I really do look for referrals. Like, who could you point to that you've done work for that would say this person is working well for us now? Um, if yeah. a consultant can't do that, then I'm gonna question, you know, a little bit about like, okay, what like what is your body of work? How are you how are you for this far along? You have no one to speak to about your work. Um, I do want to know about skills. Like, do you are you a good fit for our environment? Have you worked on a problem like ours? I don't really care if they say no all the time because the idea is if they are experienced with the environment and I bring them a problem that I don't know how to do, they're still going to know how to solve it faster than me. So right. I, mean, I rarely come up with problems that the internet hasn't run into itself or like software packages are bleeding edge and that no one else has run into this. So it's always usually a very like, hey, this is something I've worked on before. Um, the, the education piece, I've always said, as part of this engagement, I want you to teach me, like, I'll pair with you. I'll pay for the pairing session. Um, I want to be educated on what's going on. And then I can decide, is this better to outsource or is this better to use the expertise of this person going forward? So I let it be known right. up front that they may work themselves out of a job with me. That's never bothered any consultant that's worth their salt on the education side. Right. For sure. They always get, I always end up hiring them more. So it never hurts them. But, you know, I don't hire consultants to be on call. Like I don't, I've had people talk to me about roles where like, well, you have to be on call for us. And I'm like, well, then when, if I'm on call to you and my rate is this, you don't, I don't just charge you um, for the time that I am engaged. There's got to be a charge there for me having to pay attention to everything going on for you, too. So that, well, at that point, there's a retainer. Yeah, right? right. And they always back off on that. And I'm like, well, I don't know who you had working for you before, but they were probably desperate for work in that case. But um, the the bigger thing that I'm looking for with a consultant is like, do they understand that I want more than them just to code something and leave? That's the the bigger aspect. And I do look at rates. Like if a person is experienced in the industry and they aren't paying attention to the marketplace for their skills very well, that tells me a little bit about, you know, and I, and I don't use it as the judge, like, hey, this person charges 100% more than everyone else. Obviously, they're qualified. It's more about, <clears throat> is this a competitive rate or are they selling low? And why would they be selling low? And right. because going back to what I said earlier, if you hire a consultant that barely knows what they're doing or doesn't care about the quality or work ethic aspects that you need, they will take three times longer or what they walk away when they're done, it's going to break. So then you're going to spend more money. Like I want to hire someone that will come in and solve the problem and then give us preventative measures and advice so that we don't have to deal with the problem again. So even if it's like a scaling, like how do we scale this, this uh, situation? 
then I want them to tell me this is what you can do now and this is what you can do later. And later will cost more, but you have to decide as a company, this is a long-term choice or a short-term patch. I get to make that choice, but I get the options from that person. And those are the, sure. once I have that discussion with a consultant and we have that rapport going where there's an understanding, that's when I know this is someone that I want to work with. Availability, of course, is another factor. If they're high in demand, you got to get into their schedule. And right. that's probably the one area that it's harder to work with because if that person is booked for two months, this is no different than a doctor or any other service provider. You have to decide if you can wait. Um, right. I haven't been in a situation where I really thought that waiting didn't wasn't fine, but it could you know that could always change for growth of a company and what they need to get done in the next month. But right. you know, and then how like do you like the person if you're going to be you know sending them a good chunk of cash and talking to them on a regular basis? Do you find them? someone you like working with sometimes that won't matter you're not looking for a buddy but um if they're really good but gruff <laughs> like okay that's fine but if they if they have to teach how do they do that and have that attitude right kind of thing is the other question so that's what i look for um i would so going back to you you said you had a bad experience what what went wrong could you have, for, in hindsight, could you have foreseen it? How did you, like, how did you find them all that good stuff? I think I know the incident you're talking about or the issue. Actually, I know two yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, no, it's not, I can't think of the second one. Oh, I, well, but, well, we won't go there. Anyway. <laughs> I think I know. I, I, oh, no. Okay. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. No, no. Now I do. So, anyway, the one I was thinking of. Um, was we had a need for um, some expertise in in Postgres um, administration yeah. and development. Um, and it's funny, as you were going down your list, I wrote down everything you were talking about, and I said, did that. Yeah, that was a problem. Yeah, that was a problem. Yeah, we foresaw that one coming. Mm. So um, references, we did. Um, we did references ahead of time and this was not just a single person. This was, um, this was Postgres development. Um, I found this small company, you know, three, four people that, that go out as, as Postgres consultants found them by, by looking in either, I believe it was like a Python and Django conferences. And I looked for people doing talks on Mm -hmm. Postgres and python because that to me that meant i could find the people i needed that would have the expertise i needed um found this small consultancy um talked to them got a good impression that they knew what they were doing um they were pricey as all get out but it's database consulting i kind of expected it um did go ahead and get some references after a little back and forth. Um, they gave us a couple references. The references came back with knowledgeable, sometimes a little difficult to work with, uh, um, just from personality, just a little <clears throat> rough around the edges, personality-wise. Yeah. 
um, but but real knowledgeable, able to solve the problem. I asked the question in the references, do they teach well? Um, and they said, if you can get around the personality, yes. Mm. Um, so we engaged with them. We, we signed, a, a, I, th- I believe it was a 10-hour contract with them. Um, essentially, come in, tell us what's wrong with our database. Yeah. Tell us how to make it better. And the, the first problem came up almost immediately. It was, all right, uh, I'll work on, I'll give me access and, I, and I'll, I'll take a look. We did that and we didn't hear from them for, you know, a week. Wow. And, 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 and we're expecting a little bit more communication. Yeah. So I send them a note and I say, okay, have you had a chance to look? Have you, have you had a chance to review? Oh yeah, I have, but I'm at a conference next week, so I won't be able to get back to you till the, none of this was yeah. relayed to us ahead of time that availability was going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, um, get back to us after you're back from that conference. And again, no pushback that I've got other things after that conference I have to do. Yeah. So that week goes by that he's at the conference, come back. Oh, no, I haven't been able to get to that, been on this other project. It, it dragged on. And we've already prepaid for those 10 hours yeah. because that's kind of what you have to do. Mm, so I, I'll, uh, I don't know about depending that. Depending on the level, yeah. de- depending on the level of the consultancy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And this, this was one that, that was fairly highly regarded. Supposedly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I eventually wrote a fairly scathing note um, to him and to his project manager saying, hey, this is what we contracted for. We haven't gotten anything out of it except you said you'd spend a couple hours looking with some really, you know, really loose suggestions. Nothing, nothing targeted, nothing do do X, Y, Z more anything I can read out of any Postgres um, performance tuning blog post. I need, I need X, Y, Z. What does, what do my developers need to do? They're not database people. They understand the database well enough, but they're not database people. I need step-by-step. What do they need to do? Um, And, and this has been unprofessional and, um, and if this is not going to work out, then then refund the refund the amount we've yeah. th- that you haven't worked to this point. Um, the consult the, the technical consultant immediately res- immediately responds at, with a note to his project manager: process a refund for this client. Wow, that is that is literally it. <laughs> wow. So. Um, the the project manager responds back within a few hours saying, I've talked to this, I've talked to the person and, and we've worked out a schedule that he can help you further if you want to continue. So she's trying to save the business. He was, he was like, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. And I don't think I was being unreasonable. I was just upset um, for, for what I thought were reasonable reasons. So, um, so that's, that's, could we have seen it coming ahead of time? The personality? Yeah. The personality, it, it, it turned out to be exactly what we were told. But by the references, they said the work got done and, and that the work was worthwhile. So I don't think we could have foreseen the availability issues. Yeah. Um, but it, it 
you know what? It it is what it is. We uh we lost a couple thousand and that didn't get anything real useful out of it. Um and that's kind of made us gun shy as far as the second, uh, uh, in addition to the second one you referenced that we won't go. We've, I've talked about in the past. So I don't need to talk yeah, about it again. Yeah. Um, so so the, it, again, those, those, the, uh, it, it was just funny as you were going down your list. It, it, I, I was exactly thinking this example. So though, I guess let, to our listening audience that may not be a cons- in consulting, like many, I- I'm assuming that we've got a number of listeners that have been consultants before, but I don't, I could be wrong about that. Um, I guess I want to talk a little bit about client burnout and consultants, because I've been on both sides of the fence. I mean, I've worked, <laughs> I've worked as I've hired consultants. I've been a consultant. I, I run an agency right now, essentially. And clients, like if you can't, you're the way the, if I were to say what was wrong with the guy that you hired, I would say, oh, he's burned out by clients. Now he, he may be a jerk. That's fine. That's part of it. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately, anyone that would read your email and then immediately issue a refund like that is burned out by clients. The money doesn't matter enough. The conferences are more fun. And they aren't really interested in your project. And they aren't interested in, in working with you. And right. And I can understand. I mean, I, I get tired of the sales process more than anything else. And I, I essentially told a potential client who was who twice said, we need you to lower your rate. And I'm like, we haven't even started. We haven't done any work. We haven't really talked. We've talked about scope, but I haven't looked at anything on your side. You're basically negotiating with me before I've even been giving you a statement of work or talked about scope or anything. And I already told him right. told him twice, I don't negotiate my rate. Like this is competitive with the market, if not lower. And finally, I just said, it doesn't look like we're going to work together. Here are some places you may call that I, that I can recommend and maybe they'll negotiate. And it's not like I don't need the work, but I also know that if you negotiate before day before a contract is signed, you will be negotiating after it's signed. Um, and they don't right. this didn't value what I was bringing as an experienced consultant, and that's fine. That's totally cool, and I I don't get mad about that stuff. But the the bigger point is the s- consultants have a part of their business that they typically have to do themselves, which is sales. And they typically have to haggle. And if you look at how technology people tend to work, they tend to be working at, they're usually introverts. um, And they don't tend to like to haggle and negotiate things. Because when they, they negotiate with computers and the computers just do what they say all the time. So, and then there's sometimes the expectations. Um, so many people don't understand what a consult, a techn- technical consultant is doing that 
there's a lot of that fear of, am I paying too much for something that's not even being done? What is going on behind the scenes? Like if you hire a plumber or an electrician for your house, to some extent, you kind of understand what's going on on the basic level with, I would say that the internet's a big black box to so many people. And so it's very easy to find a consultant that is burned out by clients. And so that's another factor sure. I wanted to bring up because you need to look out for that too. And I feel that, you know, what I try to do is say, hey, I'm not going to haggle now because I'm definitely not haggling later. And if I look at your project, I don't like I'm not I do find it odd that someone would run a business where they without sight unseen, they take your project like he, he I don't know how much you talk to the consultant. But it sounded like you paid for his expertise and then he's going to look at your databases and look at the schema and talk to you about it. I don't know. Is that how it worked? Yeah, that's pretty much how it worked. But uh, to me, that doesn't sound odd for, for us to hire him as we have a database already in place. We have some performance issues. We'd like you to take a look and see what you, that doesn't sound odd that he needs to see. That yeah, program. I mean, I guess there's a, I'm always about some discovery. And for a big project, I'm really happy to say part of my consulting will be a discovery process. And I will come in, you tell me the problems or you tell me what you're aiming to do. And we will work towards a, the options you have. And I will hand you a document, some kind of deliverable that you can go and shop around. Now, I, I, you can still work with me but you're paying me for time to tell you what's going on. Or I, I mean, I can talk, I talk to people for an hour or so for free just to, um, just to like say, what's, what are you trying to do? Watch out for this or that. And you know, an hour later I'm not getting paid for it, but there's an understanding of what I know and is there a good fit? And so <clears throat> right, that's my experience. And I feel like, the one hour free consultation works across a lot of industries. Like I'm not paying for a lawyer to bid on my work. I'm taught they, they give me 15 to 30 minutes to find out what is your legal question, you know, around forming a business or something related to that. And I feel like that's an important gimme freebie that helps me determine are they a good fit for me? And do they want to do this project? Because I won't work for anybody yeah. without looking at their environment. We turned down, uh, Megan and I turned down a project this week where mm -hmm. the, the development environment was not one that we were like, if we go in here, we're going to be guessing a lot on will our changes break things. <clears throat> and we wanted this person to pay for a staging environment for a WordPress site, which on the WordPress engine side is easy on the GoDaddy side is not. And we basically said, you know, we have to work in a certain way so that we don't have, we don't cause problems when we do updates. And they were like, well, how much will that cost? I'm like, well, you have to pay for a hosting engine or hosting site that will cost more. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, well, 
why are you hiring us in the first place? And she's like, the previous dev quit because they were afraid changes they would make would break the site. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. well, that's what we're trying to prevent here. But I can't, if you're not willing to pay for the infrastructure to have a stable environment, then we're not going to take that work. So my point is to this is, I feel like a consultant should be without, a, if, it's, if it can be done in a short manner, there's a little bit of free discovery they can offer. And then if it's like, hey, there's a lot of scope here. There's a lot of things that we as a company don't know to give you, but we are willing to pay for an, an analysis to give us ideas on the next step. I'll pay for that discovery. And, and, and in kind, and we flip it around, as a consultant, my expertise is going into that discovery. So I think that's something that people should think about when they're doing a consulting project is, hey, are you going to need some uh, more substantial analysis to know what you need to do? Now, you were doing that with this consultant. Part of the, You just paid it all up front. I think what maybe happened is the consultant looked at your project and said, this is below my, ex this is below my challenge level. And yeah, that's, for sure. that's BS in the sense of that should have been discovered before they took the money. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. It, it, and and I, I did consulting work in the past. I worked for agencies, that sort of thing. Um, and, and and yes, we we also if uh, especially the the Drupal agency I worked with, we would usually have a discovery phase that the client okay. had to pay for. Um, with the understanding that they could continue with us or take our results and go somewhere else. But uh, as far as client burnout, I will tell you, I, I went from being a consultant for probably 20 plus years when I was at IBM. Uh, the last 10 years or so, it was in consulting. I'd go in and, and help and uh frame solutions and things like that for clients. And then I moved on to the Drupal agency. Um, the next job was uh, managing internal projects for a company. The, I, I was there probably two weeks and I was like, I'm never going back to consulting again. <laughs> because the, 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 the idea of actually working on internal projects or working on a product um, was so much better than, than everything involved with, with being a consultant that, um, that I was like, I, I don't think I'll ever do that again. I, I think I've softened on that stance now. Um, but, but certainly um, it's certainly a mindset that you have to be comfortable yeah. with. <clears throat> I would say as a consultant, I dread every new project because I don't know what lurks behind the curtain on the client side, mainly about what will the client do when they start receiving bills? How does this client um, respond to issues that come up? Do they understand that bugs are part of the process and you fix them, but that delivery will not be perfect. And in part of my interviews, they kind of, asked a lot of questions along. Do you like, basically they're like, do you understand clients? Do you understand what they need and what they, and my answer was, 
just as I, if I'm running a team of consultants and I want to keep my engineers, I have to have empathy for my tech engineer team. Same thing. I got to have empathy for my client. I got to be able to understand that money is important to them. Return on investment is important to them. Perfection is not the best way to approach it, but that's what they're going to look for. And I have to come to grips with that as a consultant. So if I'm hiring a consultant, you know, I, because I've been on both sides of the fence, I kind of know that there's a deep kind of an underlying concern or fear for, even though I do a good job, I'm not going to make you happy because you just won't accept that this costs as much as it does. And you, you can, some, sure. I've got clients that are terrific and I don't have that kind of rapport with them. That doesn't mean they don't squeeze me on, on projects. And so we usually end up changing scope more than we do haggling over um, time or money. And, and so that's, I, I would say that's another aspect of hiring a consultant. Do they, do they prescribe one way to do something and you're kind of like, take it or leave it. Like when I hire someone to fix my plumbing, they don't go, well, we can replace all the plumbing or we can walk. Like they usually say, so one option is replace this section of the pipe. We can clean out this pipe, but the way that it's constructed right now will cause further blockages. So do you want a cleaning? Do you want a partial replacement? Do you want to replace the whole thing? Like those are what, that's the kind of consultant I like. And when they give me options, I'm, I feel like I can make a choice for my company and my project um, with some flexibility based on long-term, short-term needs. If that, if a plumber comes in and goes, you got to tear down this whole chimney, then I'm like, okay, there's not anything else creative we can do to make this piece workable. And I did that. I, uh, we had a, uh, this is a contracting sidebar thing, but we had, a we had, we have two fireplaces in our house. Both were condemned by one of the companies by a consulting company or a contractor. And I'm like, so there's nothing else we can do here. And they're like, no, you have to spend $12,000. You may have to tear down the whole thing. I went and got another company to come in and I paid for their discovery, 300 bucks. And they're like, oh, well, the downstairs one definitely can't work until you do X, Y, Z. That's by law. That's by safety. The upstairs one, you're fine. And they dug in a little bit more on their discovery. I'm like, okay, I just paid, instead of paying 12,000 for a chimney replacement, I paid 300 bucks for a creative solution that works about halfway. Right. So that is the same thing I want. That's the same thing I try to give my clients. And then, and when I turn around, I talk to consultants. I want the options. I want creativity. I want you to think about what will satisfy me now and what can we do later. And so if a consultant comes in with one size fits all, I'm out of there. Like that is not the type of consultant that I want to hire. So... I don't know how I got on that sidebar um, away from the life of <laughs> consulting, but ultimately, uh, you know, I think if you want to be a if you want to be a better client to consultants, have empathy for them. 
And I try to do that. I try when yeah. I talk to consultants that I hire, I talk, I kind of like give them the heads up. Hey, I know how this works. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for communication. I want you to teach. I want you to tell me when something's going wrong. I want you to tell me when things are not what you expected. <clears throat> and I've gotten really far with that. That simple statement with people I've worked with, tell me when you have, when your guess is wrong and you need to give me bad news, I am really open to hearing it. And I get really like, like that, it's hard to expect a consultant to lift the hood of your custom built app and know exactly what's going on until they take the time to look at it. And so I have consultants that come right. back to me and they say, uh, yeah, you know what? I thought the, the scenario you were in was this, but now I look at how it was actually built by peer, people before and here's what's going on. And I, as a consultant, I hate to do that because it makes me look like I didn't know something. But when I hire people, I just assume like, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with a lot of different layers of people over the years. I want this person to be able to tell me what we are, where we are, and I'm not going to blame them for not guessing right. And right. so I feel like I get farther with consultants because I tell them up front, I understand the challenges you have and I can, and, and I have empathy for your situation. I want you to enjoy working with me so that you do a good job for the money. And I have really gotten far with that. I haven't had a bad consulting experience in a long time because I started talking sure. to them about their role and understanding that they're human and they have pressures on them too. So I don't think it's any different than when you look at your own engineering team and developers and employees and you have empathy for them and how are you managing them better? A consultant has, in a way, you want to outsource all that empathy concern. Like, I guess the idea for some people is I'm paying you so I don't have to worry about that stuff. But my question is, do you want the engagement to go well or do you want to just roll the dice and pay more money to not worry about anything? In that case, who cares about education? Right. Who cares about gr being gruff or not? You just want some, some something coded. That's fine, but that's just not what I'm looking for a whole solution with someone that I can interact with my team and then they can go on their own and then they can go do their thing and we can live with their solution and then support it and maintain it ourselves. And you don't get, I don't think you get that by just outsourcing all management concern to any consultant. That's just my take on it. Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes complete sense. Um, and, and I think we've had varied success, uh, in addition to the, to the blackboard, uh, consultant we've, we've hired. We also had a Moodle consultant we used for a little yeah. while to get us started. And, and that's the, that's the best part is using them to get, to get your own development team kickstarted on something. That's, that's another way you can use a consultant. And that's, that's certainly yeah. how we did. So. All right. Uh, what's going on? For you the rest of the week or next week i guess uh not you know just continuing on nothing uh nothing real specific on the uh on the cto front that that we haven't already d talked about just trying to dig in more on on why we're why we're getting blacklisted yeah. here so 
What about oh, you? I'm my new career as a kitten photographer specialist will continue. <laughs> I've still been great about one per day, but the feedback, like my social network has never been as good. Like Megan, Megan can post a picture of anything and it gets like 80 people. Her social network is huge. People just, you know, Megan doesn't post that much. I post once per day a picture of a cute kitten or kittens. And I get a small chunk of people, but I wasn't, when I was posting pictures of cocktails and steaks before, very low engagement on that. So switching from food to kittens has been very successful for my social media experience. It has not resulted in any (laughs) additional work. But I can tell you this, if you have a household with kittens that have a, I guess, a very common parasite, I can consult with you about the best ways to deal with (laughs) cat litter management, poop and feeding. Um, I've learned a lot in a very short amount of time. So all the people that are out there enjoying my photos, WR Burgess on Instagram, just know that the cuteness stops right there and that behind the scenes oh, yeah. is a poop factory that only parents of young baby, <laughs> human babies can probably relate to. And uh, we're, ha- we're very yeah, happy. No, with it, but... I, I, I... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I completely, I completely can understand because we've got, we've got similar issues. Yeah. We don't have kittens anymore, but we have similar issues on the other end. Oh yeah, of the well we have spectrum, a thir- we have a sixteen year old so. cat with her own set of problems. I mean, we love them all to death. We have signed up for it, but it's just one of those things of. I I wish like a vet is a consultant of sorts, but they just don't they don't deliver much on the how to live with this scenario for a while. <laughs> but at the end of the day, man, it's like I know no. in an hour I'm going to have a small kitten in my lap as I work on some stuff. And I'm like, that's there's a lot of value in that agreement, that arrangement too. So, other than that, sure, sure. Um, continue. I'll be continuing on the some that view stuff. Um, I've got a client project I'm working on that should kind of cover a week of work. And then I'm continuing to talk to different about roles and other con- contracting and consulting with a startup. And I'm doing all sorts. I've been putting in a solid 40 to 50 hours a week. I'm only getting paid for a small chunk of it. I'm hoping that change. I'm hoping that changes. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is how it's always worked. I mean, I was in this. I mean, when I was in Chicago. Right. I had study work all the time because of my network. And now I'm in a different environment. I'm in Kansas City. I don't know as many people here. So I'm still working for Chicago, but I'm not there to kind of infor- reinforce the network. But it, I guess yeah. to your point, like you've made the point, this is now we're circling back from the end of the episode back into our subject matter. On the, oh, at least I am, I'm, I'm horrible about this, but the consulting, like you made the comment about, I'll never consult again. I, I said that earlier in my career. Now I've been doing it for four years and I no longer hate it. I, it, it can be annoying, but I, jobs and politics in an office or a company get annoying um, too. So yeah. I think now I've, 
I guess what I've kind of done is I've resolved myself as an, in a consulting role as some of the, of the negativity about clients is not my fault. I can work to mitigate it, but some of these problems that come up is truly on the side of the client and how they interact with people and hire people. And it, it, can't, it is my job yeah. to teach how projects should go. And maybe how a client can look at some of the things that they're facing. So I'm fine with that. But at the end of the day, I can't um, internalize it, I guess. Is that the term? I can't say the nuances of negative client interaction is always my fault. Or it's or it's totally out of my control. And so that's where I am now where I'm like, like I'd be fine and working full time for someone. I like the focus part of just working on one thing. But at the same token, I guess I've grown up to the point where I am able to kind of weather the stresses that multiple clients with different needs and personalities have. So I don't I have no idea what I'll be doing next month, to be honest, <laughs> right now. But I've been talking to a lot of people, providing a lot of free advice, um, trying to set up priorities and just as in the past, eventually something kicks in and I'll just keep going from there on that side of things. Yep. But, uh, all right. Nope. That, that sounds right. And, and I think, I think you're right. Uh, it, I think what I said earlier about never <coughs> doing consulting again, you really just trade one set of yeah. problems for another. Um, when, when, when you work for a client, when you work for a product, um, at that point, you've traded in the ability to work on different things and, and variety for stability. And yeah. that can get old as well. So, All right. All right. Very good. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you.